Welcome to another segment of Market Overdrive. I am your host, Carla Mina. Happy birthday to you, Grox. It's been a Thank pleasure to host this show with you for how many years now? Two and some Two change. Change Since now, time. right? Yeah. With me, my co-host, oh, there's fire. There's smoke. You were oh, this is it. Off. This is it. <laughs> You're blowing it up. Oh, boy. How are you, Nick? Oh, it's my yes. birthday, too? No, it's not. It's my birthday every and day, for except birthday, for Grocco's birthday. We're not going to do anything <laughs> special. Come on. What's today's topic? Today's topic is luxury, which is always a fun topic to discuss. Whether you're rich or not, it's fun to watch and listen and learn about this stuff. Um, it's just interesting. In, in fact, I have a very funny luxury story as we speak. Oh, please do share. Well, see, what happened was, if you want me to, really <laughs> bad. <laughs> you know, preparing myself for a luxury show, I decided to jump in my Rolls Royce Phantom, <laughs> drive into work today, and I, you know, I got my glass. Oh, hold on a second. <laughs> put my glasses on. What driving is in my wrong Rolls with Royce, you in life? Driving in my Rolls Royce Phantom today, and I pull We're up to the this? stoplight. I pull up to the stoplight, and I see another Rolls Royce right there, and I say, "Excuse me, sir, <laughs> but do you have any?" <laughs> and I'm like, "Wait a minute, is, is this that, real? Is that a 2013? <laughs> it is 2018. You're driving a 2013 Rolls Royce." So I said, "That's not fancy enough. Don't even bother giving me the gray Poupon. It's probably expired." <laughs> is this? Is and this then, story? and then, and then. I put my cars away, in back, my model cars away into the closet and came to work. That's my luxury story. Did I really need to hear that today? <laughs> you know Nick loves luxury. <laughs> I don't care what Nick loves. This I'm is a show about teasing. real estate. It is about real estate, but all things luxury and real estate and luxury, you're going to hear some crazy things today, I'm sure. Of course. Why don't you go ahead you know? and introduce our guest, Graco? Well, today we have in studio Rich Casper and... And I just got a brain freeze. Forgive me. Rachel. Wow. Rachel yeah. Montiel. I'm so sorry, Rachel. <laughs> okay. Oh, Rich Casper. Oh, wow, Rachel. It's all right. <laughs> sorry, though. You make him nervous. No, I love no, it. No. Did you see that? Girl? I had cake I, on my fingers. Come you on. You had cake on your fingers. <laughs> I get nervous Whoa. when there's cake on my fingers. All I, get, the I would get nervous <laughs> if I'm sitting to such a beautiful realtor myself. Yeah. So I apologize. But no, thank you guys for coming in today. To talk a little bit about uh, your luxury market and what you guys are currently putting out on the market for new home buyers in the luxury scene. Um, tell us a, a little bit about your uh, brokerage and your team. Sure. Because you guys have an amazing marketing You got to step up to the mic. Step oh, up to the mic. Get close okay, to that there thing. There you go. Um, so I'm one of the partners over at Conlon Real Estate. Uh, we've been in existence since um, 2010. So just about seven years now we've come into uh, being, we've got six offices throughout the city, uh, four uh, in the city immediately, and then one in Hinsdale, one in Winnetka. Um, we've got about 245 agents. We don't want to be the 800-pound gorilla in the room, but what we want to be is the one who's educated and um, who's smart about the real estate market and be able to treat your business as though it's your biggest investment, and that's what we believe it is. Good, um, not grand. Good, good, not good, grand. Not grand. There you go. Um, I've been doing this now for about 22 years. Didn't think I would be ever a real estate agent, but here I am 22 years later. Um, we primarily uh, focus in on new construction. That's been the bulk of my business for probably 19 of those 22 years. Awesome. So, Rich Casper, what's it like working for a boss named Rich Casper? Of the Rich Casper group. He is... Is he a cool guy? Uh, he's... Uh, <laughs> can't keep anything straight. Trick question. Uh, he's constantly confused about life, but he knows his business once he's in tune. All right, let me rewind that. Rachel, what's it like working for a guy named Rich Casper? 
Or working with a guy named Rich Casper. I hate the word working for. I like working with. I've (laughs) never been a fan of for. I like that too. He hates it too. I hate it. Um, I really enjoy, I love working for Rich. I love being an agent in his office and on his team. Um, He is the salt of the earth. So he has the patience of a saint. um, And I think my main role is keeping him organized and just backing him up whenever the need arises. So... Luxury obviously has to be a part of your day-to-day uh, game plan, and it's where you uh, seems like you excel because you're here doing the show about luxury. You're dealing with it quite mm-hmm. a bit. Um, why go down this route versus just uh, the, the common ground, I should say the most norm, is the traditional stuff, your $250,000 homes. Why specialize in the rare, if you will? It kind of organically got there. Originally it was you know homes in uh, East Village. It was condos that were two-bedroom, two-bath. Um, you know, anywhere as far south is probably, well, right now we're looking into some stuff at Pilsen, but originally yeah. it was stuff as far as south as Chicago Avenue. Tr- at, at that time, you didn't travel far farther south than Chicago Avenue, as far north as Irving Park. Um, throughout the years, it definitely changed organically, and, and those same builders who were doing three-unit condo buildings are now doing upper-end single families because that's where their business took them. Hmm. And most of these guys we've worked with currently, we've worked with for that amount of time. So we help them in the initial um, beginnings of their business. So when they were new to building, we were the ones that got them a bank introduction and helped them get the financing to build. We were the ones that brought them the land and figured out the numbers and how they could work so they could see that there was a profit at the end of what they did. And in tune, one project became another and as their business growed, so did ours. So you didn't start out 22 years ago saying, I just want to work on big, fancy homes. It just no. it just happened. There weren't really big, fancy homes well, 22 you know, years ago. No, I mean, there's always been big, you know, that yeah. Grey Poupon commercial I was referencing <laughs> is like 50 years old. So there was big, big fancy that homes. That is true. You know, so, uh, you know, but some people, you know, I have loan officers and, you know, agents uh, real estate brokers have agents and you get the new ones coming in and they start saying this is what I want to do mm-hmm. you know um, and it's good to hear a story where you know you just wanted to learn the craft of selling real estate and then it evolved some people specifically want to really beat that drum and focus on it sure you know and it's like I don't think it always works out like that for some people you know it's easier said than done I think you um, history helps um, I've been with Sean Conlon who's the namesake of our company now for 20 of the 22 years I've been doing this. Who's um, going to be on our show in October? Did anybody know oh, yes? Yeah. I didn't know I think that. he's going to oh, be on our show. Right. Yeah, we just lined that up. He's coming on our, on okay. our show in October, I think. Super. I think. Good. So, cool. Um, so I've been with him for 20 years out of the 22, and um, we actually had uh, one of the same mentors a long time ago, a gentleman by the name of Cal Goldberg, who pretty much just said, go knock on doors. Doesn't matter what you say, just go knock on doors. Um, and introduce yourself and hand out your card because anybody can send out a mailer. Bootstrap. I, I get them all the time. Yeah. You've got to go introduce yourself and get in front of people. You never know where that's going to lead to. Um, in East Village, I'll give you a quick story. I was talking to an older lady. I was there probably once a month knocking on the door, um, and one thing led to another. She wasn't selling her house, but she finally gave me the number of a friend who was. So I went and introduced myself to her. I was able to sell her house to a builder, and in turn, that turned into a development. Huh. I like that. 
Anyway, can um sorry, I was I was looking at the note myself. I'm like, I'm like, what are you trying to say to me? <laughs> um, so we're obviously like now in fourth quarter, right? Um, we just celebrated a holiday. Kids are back to school, and everybody follows that trend for you know single family. You're catering to families. Um, the families are now their kids are back in school, so they're settled in where they think they're going to be. Uh, where do you think the market is? Are we seeing did the market get soft all of a sudden, or are we still seeing a very very vital market? We're actually seeing the market pick up in activity. Um, historically in Chicago, our downtime is midsummer, okay. as you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and usually, historically, after Labor Day, we'll pick up and go strong until Thanksgiving, and then after Thanksgiving, we'll die off. Really depending on the market. Last year, after the election was over, didn't matter who won or lost, we got busy because the chaos was over, mm-hmm. right? And people felt like, okay, we know what's going to happen moving forward. Yeah to some degree. Right. I mean, there was a, when we didn't have the unexpected, right, like the ex, the um, increase in interest rate, everything slowed down, no one knew. The uncertainty also scared a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think for this year, it, it's definitely picked up and it's still, the momentum is still there. Obviously because of lack of inventory. People right. are still waiting and awaiting that instant gratification, move, turnkey product, and you guys are providing that in your single family category when you construction. Mm-hmm. So it's, you know, it's a different, it's for sure a niche market because you're not just yeah. offering a single family opportunity, but you're also giving people what they want, which is something that's turnkey. They don't have to do anything to it. You mentioned um, when we were discussing um, earlier before the show that you focus on Albany Park. Are you doing a lot of business? Did you say Albany Park no. or whenever did you say you were? No, it uh, was. Uh, go ahead. Oh, no, uh, Lakeview, Rescue Lakeview? Village, okay. North Center. Oh, duh. Okay, Lincoln North Park. Center. All right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you're in a more, you know, like high-end luxury neighborhoods, North Center per se, but for sure Lincoln Park, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Roscoe Village, Mommy Schools, Audubon, right? Yep. Um, if For people who want to do that, I think the what people are looking for in those areas are more like double lots. Are you still seeing that? Are you guys building, providing that for your, or is there not, not a lot of inventory for that? The price point has um, exceeded the ability for a lot of buyers mm-hmm. to capture that mm-hmm. uh, double lot. Mm-hmm. So we're seeing... Wider lots or 30-foot lots certainly being taken advantage of, but double lots are a rarity. Um, and if, for instance, I put three lots together, which were two 37-and-a-half-foot lots um, on Oakley for a builder, builder that I've worked with now, my longest builder for 18 years. Um, we put three lots together, and he got them subdivided to three 25-foot lots. Okay. And we were able to sell those. Two things. It gave him a better return, mm-hmm. um, and they were easier to sell because it was at a price point that was more affordable for buyers. What would you say is the entry point for a family in that neighbor in those neighborhoods? One point four for new for new. Um, so anywhere from one point four to one point seven, depending on finishes, whether it's brick or frame. Let's get off of the neighborhood specifically, and let's kind of give everybody an idea what what is like specifically. What does pe- okay. what do people consider luxury? First of all, so to, some people. A five hundred thousand dollar home is significantly nicer than what they're used to, mm-hmm. and that's understandable. Or six hundred, seven hundred. What would be generally? And I know that everyone's gonna have a different opinion on this, but like, as a, as a broker, where would you say, okay, this is where luxury really starts? I think it's about finishes, um, and it's about the appliance package um, and what amenities. You know, if you're in a high rise or multi unit building, I think the amenities that come with that building. If you look at Nine West Walton. They were offering unbelievable amenities, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, for $100,000, you get a valet parking place that you never have to reach into your pocket again to tip the guy. You probably want to to make sure your car's not scratched, but right. that's <laughs> the case. Um, so it really depends on what comes with that building. We just sold a condo at 50 East Bellevue. 
it had a health club that I wouldn't call a health club. Um, it was basically a stationary <laughs> bike and a, some free weights. And we're considered like the cheap out of the big three cities as far as what luxury is. I mean, it right. sounds like, I mean, you didn't really give me a dollar amount there, but are we talking like 800000 is where the, the term luxury starts to kick in here in the city of Chicago? Let's just stay with Chicago for a yep. second, even though we have I listeners that are everywhere. I think it's going to be area-specific as well. But, okay. Because, you know, what you can get for <clears> $1.4 say, in Roscoe Village, you, you know, you're not going to get that if you go to Bridgeport and you have something new. Uh, on a large lot, the price point's going to be considerably lower. So, you know, yeah, maybe you're so looking at a $700,000 luxury home. I agree with Rich that it's going to come down to um, home finishes and, you know, So finishes and amenities are what you yeah. guys really and consider location. luxury over a dollar amount more, yeah. more right. per se. So because walk location. me through a property. Obviously, we know that these are more high-end luxury neighborhoods, right, in, in Chicago per se. And you're talking about in the south side, we're going to different price point. But in, the, in Albany, these neighborhoods that you talked about, North Center and Roscoe, whatever, Roscoe Village, um, you're talking about one point, a million dollars plus homes. Mm-hmm. What do they look like? What do we get for that kind of money? So it should come at at that price point. It should be about four thousand square feet of living space. Nice um, above grade. No, uh, so that would Probably be inclusive of okay. the um, below grade okay. basement. Yeah, so you're probably you know that being said, you're like twenty eight hundred square feet above okay. grade with another twelve below. Gotcha. At um, that point, it's a lower level. It's not a basement. <laughs> that's right. Never call it a basement. <laughs> okay. I've gotten a big trouble for calling it. A lower level of basement. Level. So you're talking about finishes like in the appliances are something that Sub-Zero. people are looking for. So we talk about, yeah, Wolf, Melee. Like what are you seeing? Yeah, what commercial you- grade appliances. Usually it's a Sub-Zero um, or, and Wolf package. Um, sometimes two dishwashers. The uh, cabinets are all dovetailed in, full extension drawers, slow close mechanism, quartz countertops, um, a lot of can lighting. Now we're doing LED lighting. Because see, Graco and Nick and I were having a discussion about what is luxury and what is not luxury with cabinetries. Yeah. But so it's really cool to get this information. Where are so your cabinets can... from? <laughs> <laughs> um, there's a company, um, Amish cabinets Amish? we see quite Amish? a bit of. See? Amish. Um, okay. <laughs> It depends on the style of home, too, if you like yeah. something that's more sleek and modern. No, I get it. That's fine. Graco considers Ikea, <laughs> <laughs> Ikea pretty luxury. You know, it's funny. I did sell a house oh, that no. they yes. used Ikea, yes. and it was actually beautiful. On oh, front, my you goodness. Could, you could Thank do you. it. You could do it. Wait, and you can make don't it look say the address, too, because but, yeah. the clients that bought it are probably like, what? I just don't put them in Wait, luxury brackets. And so. above $500,000 the $600,000 price point, you put Ikea? <clears throat> Yeah, depending on the location. Sure. Oh, my so God. boy. If you were further west or further north, oh my and it would be easy to call that property luxury. So that's why I don't think we look at price point and go, well, this is luxury because right. no, 600 could be luxury depending on where you are. I mean, that's a lot. It's a lot. It, <laughs> that's what you you're know, buying for. That's what you get in that price point, 600, a lot in Roscoe Village, right? Like, I mean, it's not going to be. It's a lot. It's yeah. a lot. It's not going to be. Tur- I mean, it's Correct. a teardown, right? You're kind of devastated. But, of course, in those specific neighborhoods, um, you know, consumers can expect higher price points. But for sure, you can find other neighborhoods that are going to give you the same amount of square footage um, for, you know, for less amount of money. Mm-hmm. But for, for now, just specifically our market, right, where we're going into fourth quarter, um, what would you say to somebody who was selling and didn't sell and they're still on the market? Do you tell them to pull their property off the market or do they stay or are you still encouraging people to get market analysis? Right now, we're, we're trying to um, ask for price reductions and revamp the marketing. Mm-hmm. Um, I've got several properties that sat all summer because the market was just... It was very slow. Mm-hmm. So we're trying to um, 
to relook at those properties and see how else we can market the property, whether it needs to be staged, do we need to paint. New construction, it's ready to go. So really it's about price point and revamping the market. Um, but I'd say you, you've got to stay on right now because we are starting to see activity. And I know you mentioned you know people are settled, but um, we're starting to see buyers who are new families. So their timing is more let's look now and be in the school district we want to be in for when our child is ready to go to school. Um, we don't see a lot of families currently who need to be in a certain school district because their kids need to go there tomorrow. It's they need to go there in two years. But right. they want to be in that school district, whatever it is. And they may not even send their kids there. They'll send their kids to a private school. Right. But they want to be in the school district because sure. that's what they were told. And, and that being in that school district, they feel like it, they'll be able to retain um, a those prices, right? We're not going to see a, a pullback. Yeah. Right. We always encourage people to buy properties, but think about when you're going to sell it, right? What is it going to ha- How is it going to sell when um, when you put it back on the market and you're done utilizing that asset, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I do agree with you with, you know, like that the pr- properties are still, people still need to go back and adjust their pricing at this time just because I don't know, but I think market is going to soften, especially I know that you're in a new construction category, so that may be niche and differently, but I'm advising all clients across the board, look at what the feedback has been um, revise your marketing uh, maybe get new photos but definitely look because buyers today are very very picky mm-hmm. um, they just know what they want right if the floor plan is not the right floor well, plan they know for what them they want and right. they're also willing to take their time to see everything that's out there right well sometimes there's there doesn't seem to be an urgency with buyers it, it, so <clears throat> sorry to interrupt but in this market there is no urgency to buy no. No. Because no, And even if you tell them, you know, I've got somebody else looking at the house for a second time, they're like, all right, we'll just take it off the they list. They sit on the fence, and then until hmm. we get an offer, then all of a sudden... There's less people someone. in the market for these types yeah, of Yeah, but that's interesting. Yes. It's you know, just not... The normal market that we're accustomed to, the two hundred, three hundred thousand dollars gone range, in five minutes. gone in five minutes. <laughs> yeah. And that's these true. things are just sitting. It's a small percentage mm-hmm. of people that can afford them. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But well, right, bring us to the fun part. What's some of the craziest <laughs> stuff you've ever seen? In some of these luxury homes, like where you think, oh, like okay. just to yourself, you're like, okay, this is getting ridiculous. As far as what they offer, anything, whether it's an elevator going into someone's bathroom, I don't know. Give I've me sold, something. I've sold houses with elevators in Lincoln Park, yeah. where you go, really, you can't climb another flight of stairs. Well, you know, but <laughs> there was the elevator, and it was a selling point for the family that was buying it. Um, certainly, radiant, uh, radiant heat in the floors, but I'm starting to see radiant heat in the floors, like in the bedroom level, even though there's it's dual zoned, right? So there's mm-hmm. two furnaces but they do radiant heat in the bedroom floors as well. Um, we've seen, like, really tricked-out bathrooms with televisions. Oh, I want one of those. And, um, um, espresso machines. Espresso machines. In the bathroom? In the bathroom. And a, yeah. Yeah, and a refrigerator. <laughs> is, it right, is the espresso machine right next to the toilet? Just no. It's not. Okay. Just no, no. no. At that point, no. you would want that toilet right is its own room. Right. Yeah. The okay. water closet. You're disgusting. Well, hey, man. there's one in the bathroom. Who, who Wait, would why put, would you do that? Why would you put it in the bathroom? Are you serious? I just, you know. Well, because so, they'll have vanities there. Um, Right, maybe from the bedroom stuff. to the through the a room like a closet or something, and then into the bathroom. It's almost Inside like a actual... mini wet bar in the bathroom. Yeah, the idea is if you're a trader or one of those guys who get up at five thirty in the morning, you turn the TV on and see what the market's doing. You make yourself a cup of coffee. You don't have to go downstairs to the kitchen. Yeah, God forbid you do that. God forbid <laughs> you could you know be in the shower time. and see what the market's Pisses doing. Me off. You're going to get on the phone. Every time I go to the kitchen, I get pissed off. I get <laughs> so aggravated. Jesus Christ! Because there's no kitchen food in there. Again. But no. we're seeing that more consistently in in the very high end market. Huh? Yeah. An espresso machine in the bathroom. Mm-hmm. Now I've been in a lot of luxury homes. I've seen some weird things. What about you? 
You've never been in a house over three hundred thousand. Makes sense. The elevators always kill me because I don't like all the steps, all the different levels. Right, like in Lincoln Park, and I know you don't like us to talk about different neighborhoods, but this is where they live. Um, The elevator just makes no sense to me. Uh, The media rooms, right? The TV entertainment rooms, those are super sick. Sometimes Um, then you have wine, like wine rooms, are so beautiful. Mm -hmm. We, I mean, when we went to the Middle Fork, right, like uh, development. Uh, the, the the open house were ama- was amazing, but the finishes in those yeah. homes are that lower level of that property. Lower level, see, I did that. Nice, it was amazing. <laughs> You're that man study. cave. The man cave was, was unbelievable. Gorgeous. I had a uh, coach gone, house too. I'd gone to see. Oh. I saw a two million dollar house in Oakbrook back when I was shopping for houses, <laughs> and there was five million dollars in wine Whoa. in the cellar. Yep. I'm like something's wrong when you've got more wine than you do home value. <laughs> But it's there. I mean, there was some, like, really old, yeah. you know, it was like, like really? You're, you know, that's just insane to me. But, hey, to each his own, you know. Some people love their wine. Hey, you're, wine. you get what you pay for, right? Yeah. yeah. It's the amenities. But going back to the market trends, just so that our sellers can understand what's happening in the market, because obviously we know you, how you grow your business. It's always hustle, right? Making relationships. Um, I love the fact that you said it's about door knocking versus sending mailers, because that's what a passive realtor would do. But more so for our consumers, what advice would you give them as someone saying, I want to buy something that's luxury and I want to buy something that's new construction? How difficult is it to find that, that type of product? Shouldn't be difficult at all if you have the right broker. Look at that. That you're working with. <laughs> and then he smiles. Ding. Um, <laughs> sound like every show we've ever done. Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> you fit you know, right in. But that being said, we do have a lot of people who walk in at open houses or call us directly because they want to save their 2.5%, right? Like, right. But they usually end up paying more money for the house. They don't get what they really wow, want. Wow, you just gave out the secret right there. Because they're, they don't have somebody who's looking after their best interest. Yeah. Um, right, I agree with that. Everybody thinks like, well, maybe I'm going to get a better deal. But then they just feel comfortable because they want to get the finishes that they want. But, you know, what do you say to people who can't find the inventory? I mean, they're pulling. Are, are they going to walk up to maybe a permit that somebody's already breaking ground and then it's the permit and the contact information for that developer there? I mean, people are getting really desperate. I mean, as realtors, we're, we just can't find the inventory. Mm-hmm. So are you guys, do you have a lot of projects coming up or... We have quite a few projects coming up, um, not only with our group, but the company itself. And I think it's um, if you have a broker who's working for you, they'll get on the phone and start calling other brokers that they know do this type of business. So I would call That's you really and ask you what you edge. have coming up. Yeah. Um, so that relationship, again, not only with you know a relationship with a seller or a buyer, with realtors and Amongst Edward. themselves makes a big difference. Oftentimes, that's what will settle. Sell, excuse me. That's what will separate the top agents from the regular agents because where something may not exist, they will go out and hunt for it. Right. So you know, if you have a kind of a complicated buyer, and you know they want something that's not out there, then you're going to call everybody. You're going to email everybody. You're going to hit people up to see what is out there and and see what you can produce if it's not there. Right. We always encourage people, and and that's why we have this show, so we can advise our listeners um, what to do when they're they're trying to find something that's very niche, very specific. I mean, we we have clients that are saying, hey, I just want to be in the Oscar Mayer School District, right? Mm -hmm. And then you're like, and this has got to be an artist loft, and, you know, in this area, obviously, of Lincoln Park, you don't see lofts very much. You know, you see them in the West Loop, and that's a specific niche category. So when you have something like that, what do we do? We canvas the school and said, hey, are you looking 
looking to sell because we have a buyer that wants to move into your school. The schools won't allow you to go inside. You know, right. I was like, can we put it in the school newsletter? And they're like, no. But it's important because you do have to go outside the the, the MLS. Um, you have to ex you have to make demands of your realtor to make the go the extra mile, like you say. Also, yeah. network because a lot of pocket listings, properties that are not in the MLS. But don't get confused because we're not talking about properties even in the 600 minus price point. We're talking about like those specific niche products. Everything 300, if you're priced right, you're going to sell right away. But if you're above that number, like 400, 500, I think sits on the market a little lower. And of course, if you're, what is the average time of market for what you would say, Lincoln Park? I mean, it's, it's neighborhoods that are selling fast in this category. In the upper end market? In the upper end market. So, um, unfortunately, a lot longer than mm -hmm. anybody cares for yeah. it to be, realtors and sellers. <laughs> So you're probably, unfortunately, 120 days. Yeah. But, you know, obviously just be a little bit more patient with your marketing, but do understand, get the feedback of what the other realtors are saying, mm -hmm. what are the buyers saying, because you can't just confuse yourself and say, hey, I'm in this 500 price point, so I need to be on the market, say, 144 days, because that's what the market is dictating. Um, because still, if people are giving you feedback, then you should know that maybe it's time to stage, maybe it's time to even paint, mm -hmm. um, because you're talking about new construction. Right now, every buyer wants new construction. Everybody wants to feel like it's brand new, right? But if it's an existing home, you're competing with these properties, so you have to look like it's new, right? Is that what you're seeing as far as the trends from buyers? What are they demanding? Absolutely. We just sold a home right around the corner from our office, and we were on the market a day and a half. Right. Um, See? We were priced right, but these folks six years ago gutted the house, and they were ahead of the time. So they had gray cabinets. They had quartz countertops. They didn't have the, um, the commercial-grade appliances, but they definitely upgraded their appliances, and it was beautifully done. Um, and we had a handful of people who came through, and we got an offer in one day. Was so. that a luxury unit? Yeah, you'd it's a luxury home. So, yeah. I consider okay. it a luxury home. So wouldn't it be wise then to price slightly lower these properties to create that buzz? Buzz. It would be, and I think a, a price adjustment, even if it's a small price adjustment, will definitely help your marketing and get it back out in front of people if you've had something that's sitting right. for a while. But you also have to take take consideration the seller, right? We're talking to maybe baby boomers who are selling. They don't understand what underpricing is. This is a new trend of today's market. They feel like, okay, let's price it so that we can negotiate. But if you start talking to them about underpricing, that's a whole new trend, and they're going to say, no, we're going to leave money well, on the table. I was referencing the with the developers more than anything because currently you had a bunch of properties that sat this mm -hmm. whole summer. So why not reduce oh. that price on these new constructions with these developers and create a buzz, a stir, to well, they've got a margin too that they've got to okay. live by, right? That's how they feed their <laughs> sure. family. So uh, it's it's easier, I think, with somebody who's lived in a house for five years to talk to them about the emotion of reducing their price. They probably have appreciation built in there. Mm -hmm. So unless they're taking a hit, and we've represented people before who are taking a hit on you know what they paid for the home when the market turned, um, those folks are tougher to to get to leave money on the table or walk away from money, right? Because they're walking away from their down payment. They're, they might have to come to the table with money. Builders, they work under margins, and, and that's how they feed their family. Some of them are like, I'm just done. I don't want to carry it anymore. But there's still some, well, you, you hope gotta, there's something in it They got to keep them. their banks happy, too. They got to keep their banks happy. And you can't just hold on to a property at will, like, forever. They no. start to get nervous if it has its well, I think yep. when you're dealing with new construction, too, because there's so many similar properties out there, there's also... A conscious effort not to <coughs> drive that whole market down. So 
I think that's another reason why they tend to hang on to their pricing more, too. Now, you see more, you said something about, you know, a family been there for five years, they're a little bit emotionally attached, they get offended when they have to drop the price. But in, in, generally speaking, even when the market was booming before the crash and post-crash, you know, the luxury market is where you have that gray area that, you know, I've seen houses mispriced significantly mm-hmm. in that area more than you do in a $300,000 condo in the West Loop. That's going to be pretty much spot on. Yeah. You might have 2 3% wiggle room. You know, you can argue that it was worth a little bit more than that, or you could have gotten a deal slightly better than that. But in the luxury market, you see things moving 10 to 15% off of what they were asking prices or reducing now. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's a big number. It's a big that number. That you don't see in the traditional marketplace of, like, the average three four $400,000 home across America. Yeah. So wouldn't you, when you're going in to see a seller, and if you're out there trying to sell your property and you have what they would classify as a luxury home, wouldn't you go in preparing them that you might not get what you want? And you, this could take, number one, it's going to take a lot longer than a normal sale. So, I mean, it's... Essentially, to my in my opinion, it's nice when you want to go out and buy something like this. Uh, you can afford it. You want nice things. That's great for you. But when you're going to sell something like this, seller beware. Mm-hmm. Is that you know kind of like the? Well, do you have to go through counseling here with the, with some of your clients. A, a lot of it's down? counseling, <laughs> but you walk, you generally walk into these things with open eyes, right? right. So the guys that we've been working with and gals, because we work with both. I don't want to. Say and I'm not talking about the, <laughs> and the builders. And I'm not there. talking about the builders because. They got it down to a science. They know what's happening right well, away. And you give them the worst right. case scenario, right? right? So you say, hey, here's what I think I could sell it for today. Right. Don't expect appreciation. Mm-hmm. Worst case scenario, you might have to drop it 50 and we can, we'll definitely move it. So mm-hmm. that's all laid out, right? You just have to know what the market's doing. Unfortunately, this summer was very slow. Um, so some <clears> of the stuff we're sitting on is new construction homes. And we are getting some price reductions, but... It wasn't like we're getting a lot of traffic and the feedback was, oh, you're probably priced too high. There was just no traffic. Nobody was coming through. So as you mentioned earlier, uh, the percentage of buyers in this price range is much smaller than the buyers of a three hundred to five hundred thousand dollar home. Well, since we have you sequestered in our room, our studio here, I'm just going to go ahead and ask you. Sequestered. I've word. Is the door locked? I haven't said it in a while, (laughs) actually. Listen, you focus. Um, So anyway, um, how would you feel about us airing our show for one of your luxury listings, especially because (laughs) you want people to see it? (laughs) I will not make it unless you put me in the bathroom with the espresso. (laughs) Yes. Would that be so cool? We could go live, market over drive. espresso machine in the bathroom, and I will do the show right from the bathroom. And we'll take off our shoes okay yes oh right. yeah <laughs> yes or you will wear booties if you like well, we could probably arrange that <laughs> you're gonna I'm be not, <laughs> not taking these things off look at those <laughs> why would you take these off <laughs> you just got our invitation revoked because you don't know how to act I don't even know what it's I'm luxury always, i'm always blowing i'm always blowing <laughs> Yeah. Your shoes are ugly. No one cares. I got you invited to the car award, so don't even start. I got you got me invited to the car award. He emailed me. Are you kidding me right <laughs> He's now, my friend. First of all, you are lucky you're coming to the Chicago Association of Realtors Gala event am, with me and my it's, my plus one. <laughs> you're plus half. The two of you together are plus one. <laughs> Yeah, because he, he plays in the NBA half, and he's 6'9". Half and half. Yes. <laughs> well, look at the Whoa, league. Look, finally. 
Please stop when you said it. These radio Smurfs. Come on. Smurf? Really? Shut up. So my friend Dan Wagner, thank you, Dan. I I heart you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Invited us, and then he just made himself available. Moving on. Okay, whatever. Okay, so we're doing our show from one of your listings. We could probably work out. TBD. Yes. It's gonna be a part. Look, Craig just said yes. Yes. How much instructions? Craig has been dying to do a show outside. It's all wireless. Oh, yeah. I mean, just got to get good hot spots. The show's been on for like, what, 36 <laughs> minutes. We have, what, 929 people are watching. You're going to be exposing about, your Miele espresso machine from the <laughs> luxury top. Yeah, we can do a build-up And then, it. and then yeah, no we're going to do, the we're gonna do a three-day show where we're going to have to actually live in there like Big Brother and see what it's like. Carla, we are wow. not going to live there. We are not living there. Don't worry about that. I will not be living anywhere with Carla. I'm homeless. I have a hard, no. enough, time. I have a hard enough time living with Grocco for a vacation. I'm not living anywhere with Carla. I'm homeless. I'm a, a girl's got to do what a girl's got to do. Yeah. You know you what? Go. Do your thing. Rich had Look it. You, you he just had tried me to find a place to sleep. <laughs> Sounds like it. You won. Sneaky little devil. Sneaky little smurf. Sneaky smurf. You know what? I don't like appreciate you. And you're wearing blue. Can you say something? You're wearing blue, too. One, one, hey, one of the sites, give me a second here, guys. One of the sites that I thought w- was down. pretty cool, and we were talking off air, and if you guys can talk about that pocket, because it was a mixture of townhomes, single-family homes, and I think condominiums, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you guys can touch a little bit about that area, because it's a pretty cool uh, area here in the city, uh, I think our viewers will appreciate that. Well, it's the homes of River's Edge. River's Edge? Um, okay. They're uh, six single-family homes along the Chicago River. Okay, what are the specs so, on those six? Um, they are um, four roughly about 4,000 square feet, four bedrooms. Um, you've got river views, which are pretty awesome, actually, and most people who come back there don't realize that what's back there is there. Mm-hmm. Um, so you often see crewers you know, coming down, um, whether it's a high school or college, Loyola, Crewers come by, um, so it's a pretty spectacular sight. It is off the beaten path of what you know the norm is. So this particular developer did two thirty-eight unit condominium buildings, eleven townhomes, and now he's just finishing up six single families that face the river. Okay, and where about is that? So it's near pocket? Western and Diversity, okay. and you would never know. That Western and Diversity. That's we got Midtown nearby, right? The right. new Midtown yeah. buildings going up. Then we have one of my favorite bowling alleys. Rock and Bowl. So yeah. we're basically <laughs> right um, north of Rock and Bowl. Okay. All right. That's yeah, great. You never know. You're right in the middle of the city. Well, that's what people want. They want proximity to the highway. They want amenities. And, of yeah. course, you know, you guys are venturing a little bit further west, right? Mm-hmm. Western used to be that kind of – and. And I know you hate me talking about locations, but that's what people need to understand. I'll go ahead. We've been doing the whole show. Why do right. you like not like her talking about locations? She doesn't like me talking at all. I don't we even know why I'm here. Here's, here's, we literally had three people direct message us and asked us, uh, they like the show, but is it always Chicago-centric? It is So we do have people that follow us and listen to us. But real estate, you know, it's, it's across the entire sure. country. The same problems that happen in Chicago happen in uh, L.A. and New York. Now, mm-hmm. instead of us saying $1 million luxury condo in you know, uh, Pilsen, they're saying ten million dollar luxury condo right. in you know in wherever in Manhattan and whatever they get into in L A. But but uh, if somebody's the day, shopping, they need to understand that sometimes you can cross the street over <clears> and get <throat> a little bit more you know square footage for your price point and get a better deal if you're looking for that specific lifestyle, right? Because that's what mm-hmm. they're buying these mm-hmm. days. They're not buying. They're buying lifestyles. They're buying school proximity. They're buying location. Everybody wants to right. be. But that rule goes 
Across the Everywhere, board. across Everywhere. the board. So it doesn't matter specifically to us and where they are focusing their business on is that area. And when you're looking at that specific buyer, that's what they're looking for, right? You got the movie theaters, you got the highway right there. Everybody wants to be close to work um, the loop or they can get on the highway and go back to O'Hare or they can get back to <clears throat> Midway. So that's our channel. Yeah. But if you're buying luxury, you need to have a movie theater in your basement. You, you may have Lower it. level. But you luxury know? goes even as far as uh, proximity to public transportation. That's true. I mean, I so can tell you that. So it's the same trends, right? Yeah, I mean, I've had condo buildings that I had. We moved, but sometimes you'll get feedback and they'll say, well, I'd like to be two blocks closer to the train. Like, really? Really? Are you kidding me? Oh, fucking you're lazy, are you? you, you, you buying he just cursed? He did. I didn't hear nothing. Beep, yeah, sorry. I didn't hear nothing. It's okay. No, sorry. Don't worry about it, man. We're going to edit that out. Just, uh, <laughs> Actually, we're going we're gonna to We're going to leave that in there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly what we're going to showcase. Bring it. Um, but I like the fact that you said that luxury is not necessarily price point. Because if you're looking into a, a, a that's, condo. That's the best thing I actually. Area. That's the best way to ever explain it. Oh, my it. God. Are we having a moment? No, wow, you guys are. We're having are. a moment. We're no, agreeing me, on me something. And him, me and and really on your birthday. He's yeah. agreeing with me. Can I make my point, please, without you cutting me off and making some amazing statement that I just gonna, I'm just going to make and own it? Quickly before you forget. <laughs> yes, I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> no, seriously, because in the condo category, you can have high assessments, right? Mm -hmm. In the case of a co-op. A co-op is going to have maybe a $1,000 assessment, and you're really not getting a ton of amenities. It's an older building. It's vintage. You still have, like, you know, not central air. Um, but you're, you're, you're spending a lot of money, but it's still luxury. It's not just luxury because it's the price point, right? But when you're talking about these buyers that want luxury, you're talking about amenities, and you're talking about lifestyle. So if somebody's shopping, I just want them to understand the differences. Mm -hmm. Do you agree? I agree. Is that what you were going to say, or you had another most amazing idea? No, I, I just, you know, every time I hear the word luxury, I think of expensive. And to me, what's expensive is different from maybe with somebody else and somebody else. And so we could break you know, it down to shoes. He, he, just, he defined it best. He defined it best. It, Do we really need to talk about things, shoes? It's things that make it luxury. It's not necessarily the cost. Because, you, you know, you can find 15,000 square foot homes in Kentucky that are barely $800,000. And that can't get you like a two-bedroom condo in the Gold Coast. Right. You know, or it can, but it's not a very... Right, five hundred thousand, or what did he you say? Three hundred fifty thousand dollars home in Indiana was luxury. Right, well, when I've seen those five hundred thousand dollars homes in Indiana. Those would be like one point six million in like some of our western or north northern suburbs. Mm -hmm. We so, had friends come from Indiana come share their stories because there's opportunity opportunity everywhere. I'm sorry, you were going to say, Grox? Well, for <clears> me, it's not just the finishes. For me, if I'm buying luxury, I need a little more. You know, I need a little square footage in there too. That's mm -hmm. why I was kind of asking earlier, how big are these these properties? And, and four thousand is is fairly large, but it's not Why always. Why would you about need so much square footage? Gosh, Nick, are you? Serious? I mean, if we're paying that much money, you're like the bully, <laughs> right? I mean, were you a bully in school? Like actually, when you were grammar school? actually, he was. No, uh, I was I we, we have actually, a conversation about this all the time. I was actually the person that picked picked down the bullies. <laughs> I never the picked bully, bully. I was the bully He's bully. The bully, yeah. bully. Yeah. The I was always bully. protecting the innocent ones and then picking on a bully. Did you really think you were walking into all this craziness, <laughs> Rich? I mean, I did not. <laughs> <laughs> He's going to excuse himself. Okay, I'm out. <laughs> we're definitely not doing that on site location thing. Yeah, we, we, we blew that right. Well, she blew it with, can I sleep there for four days? <laughs> we barely got him to say yes, we can work it out. Can I stay there for four days? <laughs> As they goes. say well, in Espanol, I've been kicked off from better oh, you'll places. Oh, you'll see. You'll see. Yeah. Yeah, you'll see. Excuse you. You know, for instance, Nick's shoes are luxury to him. Right. Whoa! <laughs> not to not someone to you. else. Oh, not to me. Say it, say it, please. So I'm I think luxury you. could be personal. 
Sanchez, I need a picture of those shoes. I need to. Oh my God, take a picture of those shoes. Let me see the shoes. Very, very true. That is true. They could be luxury to me. And and here I am complaining about having to buy my kids some expensive shoes. What he meant by that was they're luxury to me, but insane to you. (laughs) (laughs) I don't care. I'm not ever going to spend that kind of cash on clothing. So I didn't buy them. I stole them. (laughs) <laughs> you probably did at the circus. <laughs> <laughs> hey, what? hey, I'm sorry. Wow, I love him. I love him. Can great. you please come back? I like you. I need that sound bite, okay? <laughs> we need all those. You've been on a roll. I love it. Usually, everybody's just like men loving him, so his head gets really, really big. So what's what's next, guys? Then for your market, for your luxury marketing team, aside from these slight Single reductions, um, is there any new projects? Whether it's out in the burbs or in the city? Again, for us, it's mainly in the city. Um, We've got an eight-unit project coming up on the 700 block of Melrose, and we've seen that neighborhood change extensively. Um, The company itself, um, we've got a great project called the Hayden coming up um, in in the West Loop. Um, So that is just kicking off the ground. And if you look at those square footage pricing, Tim Sheehan and Mark Ikes were able to get the highest price point uh, per square foot in this particular project, and it was all about uh, presentation and what, again, back to amenities and square footage, as you said earlier, um, that they're offering. Size matters. So these are going to be condos? (laughs) These will be condos. Condos, okay. I want to say it's 28 condos within this project, and they're 50% sold, and they're just putting a shovel in the ground now. You said it. You said something very important when it comes to all things luxury, whether it's real estate or cars or watches or fragrances. Presentation. You know, someone has to walk in and really feel it. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's, it's sometimes it's as simple as just lighting can actually change the way something really looks. Um, Immensely, yeah. Did you paint. just turn realtor on us? Well, you know, it's <laughs> it's because there's been times when you see a property that's been sitting around, but then, you know, if you have any kind of construction experience or you know anything about craftsmanship you walk in you're like why has this thing been sitting around there's some money put into this you know and then you see something that moved immediately and you're kind of like you know get past the cool lights and there's really really nothing much there and so mm-hmm. you literally see things moving um because of the way of the pre- call it the marketing and the presentation but it doesn't necessarily mean that that luxury was uh, worth the price in some cases and in some case um some people have undermarketed or undersold or underpresented mm-hmm. a magnificent project and that, and that unfortunately affects that poor Seller or builder or whoever that might be. So, you know, I guess we do go back to making sure you have the right marketing team, right right salesperson, all presenting the property if you are a lister. It amazes me that if you go to s- some suburban locations primarily and the agent will say, oh, it's on lockbox, go ahead and walk through. <laughs> why is a – no offense, but why is a broker getting paid? Right. I mean, my job is Call to, it as you see it. to I show you um, all of the – things that this particular home has to offer if it's a two-bedroom condo or a one-bedroom condo if it's a 4,000 square foot home or 7,000 square foot home my job is to point everything out to you without being over talkative about it um, and make sure that you walk out with yeah something tangible we hand you a nice brochure that is well presented so you walk out and it may end up in the circular file but at least you walk out and you feel like I understand yeah. what they're doing Your there. Your questions spent- are answered, and then if there are things you're confused about, he's a master at helping people work out well, uncertainties. I, I spent a year and a half, maybe even close to two years, looking in Oakbrook and Hinsdale, which are, the, you know, for those that don't know, it's like western suburb, nice neighborhoods. 
And it was amazing the variances of agents that I would run into to look at these properties. Now, mm -hmm. obviously, I was working with my agent, but then some agents would take the time out to walk us through the house, explain all these details that I couldn't see physically, but they were done. Um, and to me, that was like much like getting delivered on a luxury car. You don't know what every button is, no matter what car you're buying. Mm -hmm. And they take the time to show you these things so you understand what you're getting into. I mean, it's why you're paying the money you're paying for. But then there was people that just dropped the lockboxes, and you're walking in there, and you're like, really? I mean, she couldn't be here for this? Just, I have a thousand questions right now. Mm -hmm. And I guess I'm just going to walk out of here, and that's that. And you move on to the next. Move on to the next. Yeah. There was a lot of that. Well, that, I that. think it depends also on the type of product that you're selling, too. I mean, if it's luxury and it's new and you have some technology there that you want to showcase, a lot of people don't understand it. Um, it is cool to have somebody tour and guide you through that. But if it's a standard property, like a ranch, right, it's going to look like in, 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 right the type of product that we have, like a bungalow or a ranch product or a colonial home. They're all going to look the same, kind of have the same floor plans because they were built around the same time. So sometimes, you know what, it's... It's better if the family comes in there and makes and, and it's able to be there because some families don't really like you to be hovering over them. They want to experience the property. They mm -hmm. want to walk through it. Um, so it takes a knowledgeable realtor to know when to back off and let that per person enjoy their experience there. Um, but for the most part, yeah, in luxury, you would expe expect that you know tour guide so that someone can walk you through the amenities. And it's for sure all about the lifestyle. I had a single-family home um, that we sold mm -hmm. near Wrigley, and we ended up selling it to a ball player. But Ooh. he came in with an entourage of eight people, and I didn't know who I was selling the house to. Me, because they came in and went like this. Come with eight, eight people. Everybody. You know, they all took Wait, off. Wait, you in didn't their know who the, who the baseball player you know, was? I can't tell you though. <laughs> they all went off in their own direction. But when the baseball player walked into your door, you knew who he was. I didn't know who he was. See, I don't follow baseball. <laughs> you see that? <gasps> Let him Please come story. back. Let Please him come back. Story. Sir David Baskin. As a hockey player, I'd probably know who he is. Well, there you go. <laughs> she doesn't know anybody <laughs> in any sport. But they pick on me all the time, and I hate it because I'm usually the girl that. in the room who doesn't know sports. She but doesn't I even really know who Michael appreciate. Jordan is. Shut up, Nick. She's got to know who that is. He's the Please guy who the best quarterback ever. <laughs> yeah, he, Please thank don't listen you. to him. I really... <laughs> oh. So go ahead. They, they all split up. It's not like you told us the address. I ended up... With a guy who was actually his sports agent, and that's who I negotiated the deal with. They just took off, and I had no idea who was who, but he was the one that wanted all the details. These guys were just looking for you know room sizes and, and finishes. And where they're going to sleep. Where they're going <laughs> to sleep. It's and, like our friends when we yeah. go somewhere. Can we turn this bedroom into a closet? So yeah. he yeah. had his yeah. entree shopping with him? He did, yeah. yeah. So it was he and his was wife. Was it Chris Bryant? His wife's friend. <laughs> And <gasps> his wife, a designer, a broker, and like two other random yeah. folks. Yeah, Carla, I think, sold a uh, property to Can we go back one to of the clubbies, and she didn't even know who the guy was. Yeah. I text you guys. I was like, who is this guy in whatever? Well, he just, he's only worth $140 million as of last week. <laughs> I found out after, but I didn't know who he was initially. You, you know. tell me later? I can tell you later. Yes, I'm excited. So, <laughs> fun question, fun question. If you had... Um, <clears throat> outside of the home you live in, let's just assume you love that place right now, but if you had to pick one thing that you would consider luxury or what would be like your dream scenario without you know, an $80 million mansion in Malibu, something within realism, within realistic uh, Scope. approach, what would be the ideal luxury item for you? Within Chicago. Within Chicago. Because you know Chicago better than anywhere else. Let's face that. Ooh. It doesn't have to be like, it doesn't have to be the location as much as what things would you want that to you says okay I'm living in a lap of luxury the way I want to um, and you're gonna get the next question so at least oh, start geez. thinking now great master bath 
Um, I don't spend a lot of time at home, so the kitchen doesn't mean nothing. To you. Mean anything? I, you need to have it for it to be luxury, but so like a galley kitchen. That's all you need. <laughs> so it's not. Uh, a touch. That's probably all I need. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but great master suite. How many car garage? Two. Two. That's all I need. There I have a one car garage now. <laughs> I love it. Simple so. man. Simple See, that's awesome. Okay. Go ahead. Just somewhere to sleep, somewhere to bathe. What you got? What you got? What for what, me? What's what luxury would be the for ide- me? What would be the oh ideal luxury where you could say, I, this is it. I could wind it out like this. This closet isn't big and enough. This is, this he is wants a dance room. I will never. Will you say I will never complain about my residence again? <laughs> this is luxury to the max. Uh, no, for me, kitchen. You because want a light in your bathroom? Oh, she what? cooks. What? And not so much they <clears throat> cook, but the biggest thing for me is waking up and waking up peacefully, feeding my dogs because we home cook their meals. Yeah. Um, and wow. having wait, my wait, coffee. Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Yeah, That's luxury. <laughs> Why is your dog looking more luxury than me? <laughs> my dogs eat better than I do. They, and me. That's, what kind of dogs are they? Uh, a Japanese chin shih tzu okay. and a Pekingese. And okay, you so, home so cook you let, their meals. You, so, right, but we do it in big batches and then you know we freeze portion of it and then... Meal so, wait, prep. so the kitchen's yeah. important. So you said, okay, for me, it's kitchen. the kitchen just because that's where I start my day and I make my coffee. I don't really go to Starbucks. I don't, you know. A I lot of buyers always buy. How many bedrooms? Kitchens, right. Mm-hmm. How many bedrooms? What other like weird? Not weird, but I like mean, extravagant. I'm I mean, I if to be really extravagant for me, I would want an ideal walk-in closet. That's about maybe 12 by 12 that would make me happy because i have over 200 dresses okay. i'm not a shoe person i'm a dress person so i was gonna say maybe like a dance studio because you know she danced at samba yeah maybe a dance studio okay cool <laughs> that's what i was thinking i would mm. i would represent that purchase for you what about you grox that's interesting i need oh. three thousand square feet five bedrooms for Swimming what pool. <laughs> i'm joking come on over what are you i'm i don't know who cares, right? Do you even have a home? I'm actually in a process of building one of these things right now, so I'm figuring it out as, as we go. I want it by the lake, close proximity to water. It's what I love. I don't care what it looks like inside. Yes, I do. Anyway, wrap it up. You do it. No, it says Nick, wrap it up. Tell Nick to wrap it up. I like telling you what to do. Wrap it up. All right, well, that was it. I want to say thanks to our guests. Hopefully, you guys had some fun today. It was fun. Um, and you obviously can follow this show, All Things Luxury, today. Uh, luxury real estate predominantly here in Chicago Um, you could follow the show on marketoverdrive.com or of course go to our Facebook page forward slash marketoverdrive and we are on Twitter Instagram and our YouTube channel will have this as well as our podcast all cleaned up with all of the swear words taken out it's all all good all the bloopers taken out (laughs) (laughs) and don't forget we are are now on the show every Thursday at 2pm today was actually our first Thursday that we started uh, but we'll be back here next Thursday at 2 p.m. And very soon. soon we're going to be at one of your locations. Yes. There you go. Absolutely. Nice. Thanks for listening. Thank you, guys. See you Thanks guys for having us, guys. <laughs> Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you. Yay.